see once I get to it. Now, I want you to think, what is the biggest thing? As you get your Bibles ready to Ephesians, what is the biggest thing that your mind can think of? Or what is the biggest thing that the human mind can be exercised to think of? Space? I mean, space is big. It's awesome. The mind can lose itself right there when you think about space and the vastness of it. How about time? We could go back and back and back in time thinking of all the recorded history and non-recorded history. If you're a scientist. And we also could easily lose ourselves there. How about sin? If we just took all the sins that were committed in this room this past week, we'd be in for a little while. I mean, Shady just told you, hallelujah. Uh, uh, I mean, we, we, we'd have our work cut out for us, what I'm trying to say. What is the biggest thing that the mind can, can think of? Just those three are very, very vast themes. But there is something much more broader, much more bigger, and much more, for lack of better words, stupendous than the realm of the heavens, space, more stretching than the old hands of Father Time, and more abounding than the wreckage of human sin, of human depravity. The biggest thing that the human mind can undertake to deal with and to think about is the love of God. And I want to prove it to you biblically here today. The love of God. All right? That's the biggest thing the mind can think of. Today, the sermon, like the last sermons that we've had on Sunday mornings since the turn of the beginning of the year, you're going to have to think again. I believe there's going to be a very profound, rather heavy and deep sermon. But it's going to be simple, but yet it's going to be very deep. I believe it's going to change a lot of your lives here today. When you think about the love of God. It's powerful, powerful. See, God's love has no limits. It doesn't have any boundaries. Now look at Ephesians chapter 3. There's no boundaries. And that's why when Jessica sang about the love of God, it was right on. Nobody told her. I didn't call her up and say, hey, it's all been orchestrated by the love of God here today. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 17. Verse 18 is the key verse, though. It says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray you, being rooted and established or grounded in what? Love. <clears throat> may have power together with all the saints to grasp or to try to comprehend how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses <coughs> knowledge. That surpasses knowledge. See, the height, the breadth, and the width, and the length of the love of God that passes knowledge. When Paul uses the term there in Ephesians, passes knowledge, he means that, that just when you think you've grasped or, 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 you know, you, you've pinpointed and you've come to grips with the love of God, there will always be another realm, another stage, another region to visit, another situation to examine that passes the limits of the love of God. In other words, it passes knowledge. Just when you think you're, you've got it all knowledge together, the love of God passes knowledge. It goes beyond. There's no limit to the love of God. Just when you think you got it all figured out. No, you don't. It passes all the, the, the space in, you know, in, in the universe. It's big, big. It's limitless. Now, first we're going to deal with the height. Okay? 
of love. The height of the love of God. And we're going to spend quite a bit of time here on this one, all right? That's why I chose it first, the height of the love of God. And in measuring the love of God by height, it is measured pretty much as a diamond is measured, okay? That's how you can measure the love of God, sort of like a diamond. And a diamond is measured in height. With the love, it's the height and the scale is measured by its degree of purity. That's how you measure a diamond. By its degree of, of purity. The top of the line, diamond. Well, I want a top of the line diamond. Well, it's measured by the top of the line means it's height. Are you with me? And the top of the line diamond is called first water. If you've ever dealt with any kind of jewelry or whatever, it's called first water. The, the best type of diamonds. A diamond is a first water when it has no hint of tint. Okay? It has no flaw to it. None at all. <clears throat> okay? That type of diamond is a top-of-the-line diamond. So also is love measured when it has no tint to it, when it has no flaw to it. See, love climbs to its highest height when it has less flaws. When it has little tint to it. Are you with me? You got to stay with me here. You got to think again in this sermon. When it possesses greater purity, like the brilliance of a flawless diamond, pure love can stand out. That's why you say the brilliance of a diamond. It's brilliant. It's tremendous because, because of the height, because, of the, because of the, 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 there's no flaw to it. Love can get tinted. And love can get degraded by a speck of jealousy. Uh, it can get spotted uh, by a flaw of envy. It can get tainted by the passion of lust. That'll mess up your diamond. When you have a little bit of envy in, in your life, when you have some jealousy, lust, uh, sin messes up the height of love. Love can be stained and mixed with any number of ungodly earthly elements. And thus, my friend, like a diamond, it loses its height. It loses its value. It loses its worth. Are you with me? Uh, see, you're a diamond. Your life. A diamond in the rough. Treasure out of darkness. But every time the earthly stuff, the central stuff gets in here, it begins to fly your love. Love is measured in height. What is, Paul says, the height of the love of God? Mm. The first test for love is its purity, like a pure diamond. It's purity. The purer the love, the greater the height. And the higher it can take you. It can lift you. I've told you before, yes, when I went into the men's home, I heard the song, Holy, Holy, Holy. But when I first went into Pastor Sonny's church, what was the first song that I heard? Love lifted me. Love. That's the first song I ever heard. We were walking in. We were a little late. I guess the men's home van was messed up like usual. Hallelujah. Huh? And then we're already singing the song. Well, as a matter of fact, that was the evening service. That's right. No wonder. That's when I went to church on a Sunday night. And I heard, love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. I used to love to hear Pastor Sonny go, Love lifted me. See, because love can lift you. Especially the pure love of God. It can take you to the highest heights. That night, I was touched by love. Uh, I mean, I didn't deserve the love of God, but I remember being on my knees, kicking back, you know, with my bean in my back pocket. But the love of God lifted me. Man, I was zapped. 
by the highest love, a limitless love that came down and touched my life. Man, I couldn't deny all that stuff. Uh, See, it's important for the sake of love's growth to remain as separated from the stains of the flesh as possible. Did you hear that? Which dim and spoil the brilliance and the luster of your love. Stay away from sin and your love will get higher. Are you getting it? Look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1. There was a song that was a lie. When I was growing up, by slaying the family stone, I want to take you higher. Can't take you any higher than, than Christians. They stay inspired from the world. Uh, they, they couldn't take you higher. They were lying. And I'm going to show you in just a little bit. James chapter 1, verses 12, 17, and 27. The key verse is 17, but I want to read verses 12 and 27 as well. James chapter 1. Do you have it? Verse 12. Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. Because when he has stood the test, remember we're, we're talking about the first test of love. Is it tight, like a, like a diamond? Because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who, what? <coughs> love him. Look at verse 17, the key verse. Every good and perfect gift is from where? Above. The height. The height. All the way from the heavenlies. Way up above. Cannot even be measured. Coming what? Coming down from the Father of the heavenly what? Lights. Has to do with a, with a, with a diamond. That's what a diamond is. It's, it's trapped light. Who does not change like shifting shadows. That's where I got to shady with love. There's no shadow in love. Father of lights. None at all. It's spotless. It's pure. It's clear. It's perfect. It's brilliant. And we got to strive for that kind of love as well. If we want to make a difference in our world. Verse 27. The last verse. Religion that God our Father accepts is what? Pure and faultless. Okay. Pure, like a diamond. Faultless, no fault, no, no flaw, no frailty in it. See, this powerful, brilliant, this is the description of, of the love of God. No shadow of turning, some of your, some of your uh, translations say. There's no darkness at all in pure love, in a pure diamond. See, it's all pure light. There's nothing sinful in the love of God. That's top-notch, top-of-the-line love. He has no frailty there. There's nothing shady, nothing questionable about the love of God. You know, that's why they say, that's a shady character. I can imagine how Mike picked up his moniker. It means questionable character. Uh, that's what it means. Uh, when they call you a shady lady. Ooh, I don't know about her. Uh, you can ask her out once. But you better not fall in love with that shady lady. Because uh, he's going to have all kinds of shadows all over your heart. <laughs> she told me I was the only one. <laughs> Brother, that was a carbon copy. She could have taped the thing. Uh, shady. There's nothing questionable. There's nothing shady about the love of God. When God says he loves you, he loves you. He'll stick closer to you than even a brother. He's not going to burn you. Not at all. Uh, see, there's no compromise or worldly stain in the love of God. God's love is holy 
and it's brilliant. It's full of light without any stain. Look at Isaiah 57. Isaiah 57. Powerful portion of scripture here that we're going to cover twice today. We're dealing with the first test of the love of God, which is its height. Isaiah 57, verse 15. Do you have it? I'll wait because I still hear the Bible's being turned. Okay, Isaiah 57, 15 says, For this is what the what? High and lofty. We're dealing with the height, the loftiness of the love of God. This is what the high and lofty one, or God, says. He who lives forever, whose name is what? Holy. Holiness has to do with purity. The holier, the higher. Did you hear me? The holier, the purer, the higher it is. That's how you measure a diamond. By its, high, by its, its holiness, its purity. That's how you measure a Christian. See, holiness for, makes for the height of the love of God. Love's peaks, its mountains, are found in love's purity. In love's holiness. Did you hear me? I got to repeat that. Love's heights, love's peaks, like a mountaintop, are found in the purity of the love of God. And the holiness of the love of God. Now, with that settled and in your mind, let me quickly explain to you a, a few quick things here regarding the height of the love of God. Number one is that the force and the power of love is always, always dependent on the height of love. Did you hear me? The force of God's love is dependent on the, higher, uh, on the height of its love. In other words, if I were to come right now and, and, and jump on, and you were there, and I'd jump on you from here, I, I'd get you pretty good. Okay, I love you. <laughs> but if I was to get up there, which I'm going to do right now, yeah, right, <laughs> and jump on you, I have a whole lot of love. The higher the love, the more power, the more impact that it has on an individual. Are you with me? Okay. The force of love depends on the height that that love has. Water could be a good example of what I'm trying to say here. See, the force of falling water is determined by its height. You ever been to a hotel or someplace or where, where you, you go in and, you know, the, the shower thing is like right here? Some of you, you, you know, you're going to Manila. You're going to see something like that, you know? <laughs> hey, your toes felt better, you know? Pretty hot, you know? It don't got a lot of impact because the heights. But if you get it way up there, you'll feel the impact of it. It's the same thing with the love. That's how love is measured by its height. The higher the love, whoo! That's why the day twenty-five years ago, almost when I kneeled down at that altar, man, love from the very depth, from the very height of it, came down and touched my life like it touched your life, and it had a great impact on my life. A nobody like me, a person that wasn't looking for God, all of a sudden it came down and touched my heart, and had an impact on my life. The height of the love of God. Uh, we can try and measure it. Uh, see, the key to its greater effect and its greater blessing is in its height. And the same plan and principle applies to love. See, there's a certain love that has no sting or soothing effect because it has no height. Just like the little, you know, sprinkler right there. It doesn't have that big of an effect because it doesn't have very much height. It's a weak, almost sick 
sentiment that barely touches you. Did you hear me? I talk about the, the height of the love of God, but there's also a sick sentiment. Okay? A weak kind of love that has little effect on your life. Why? Because it is a low-level love. And I've chosen to call it low love. Low, it doesn't have a lot of impact. Just coming from here, just, you know, barely. It's not real high. And this low love has very little force to it, very little impact to it. It cannot have much because it's not high enough. Do you understand that? It's not high enough. This low love is mixed with too much worldly elements. That's how you bring down the love of God in your life. You cannot be a force to be reckoned with. You cannot have a lot of impact in your life on other people's lives. Those that are going to go to Manila, you better have a whole lot of love. You better keep away from the stains of the flesh. Huh? Because that's how your love will have a bigger impact. And if you want to have a lot of impact in Hayward, the same principle applies to you. But that low love that I'm talking about, that has very little effect. Because it has too much lust to it. Too much envy to it. Too much jealousy in it. It has too much self in it. Too much tequila. Uh, that was uh, Chuck Rios' second song. The first one was tequila. Then he came up with a second hit because he was from Santa Paula, so I know. Uh, he used to play Chuck Rios. He used to play in the church, Pentecostal church on Tosti when he was a kid. Then he went out and he got too much tequila. Dun, 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 dun. Ay, ay, ay. But that's not really love. You don't hear about the guy no more. Uh, see, the more holier the love, the higher it is. And the more of an impact and an effect it can have on people. That's why there's that song. There is a river that flows from deep within. There is a river that cleanses us all from sin. Come to the fountain. See, because it's, it, it's way up there. The height of the love of God. If you want to have love and affect people with that love, on the lost, on your family, on your friends, stay clear of sin. I'm talking about purity, holiness. Uh, the higher the love, the greater the impact. That's the reason why you'll often hear things like, he was at the height of his career. You ever heard that? In about five years, you're going to hear about Michael Jordan. That was when he was at the height of his career. He was at the top of his game. Because he was, when he was at the height of his career, when he was at the top of his game, he had the greater impact on the game. Uh, the greater career. He had the most impact. He had the most force on the NBA because it was at the height of his career. See, if you and I want to make a godly, loving impact on our world and within our surroundings, then we best take our love to greater heights. Did you hear me? Greater heights. If you want to make and leave a, a greater impact on your children or on your parents, on your loved ones, then it's important to remain pure and clean, unspotted from the world as best as possible. See, nobody can take a loved one higher than one already is. If you want to rain blessings on others, then you got to get up where the clouds hang out. Did you hear me? High love, not low love. But every time we're involved with sin and all that stuff, that's low love. Then we have the depth of the love of God, the deepness. We have the height, then we have the deepness. How deep is your love? How deep is deep? The Bee Gees. Uh, all right. But how deep is your love? See, let me say that your love is only able to go as deep as the height of your love. You might not understand what I'm saying, but, I, but I'm going to clarify myself right now. 
Okay? Your love is only able to go as deep as the height of your love. Look at Isaiah 57 again. Isaiah 57 again. Same verse. Isaiah 57, verse 15. Do you have it? Let me read it again. For this is what the high and lofty one says. He who lives, how long? Whose name is what? Holy. I live in a what? High and holy place. See? High and holy. That's the love of God. But also with him who is contrite and what? Lowly in spirit. To revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. In other words, God says, hey, I live, I'm the high and lofty one. I live in a high, holy place. But I also hang out down in the lowly places. Way down there. With the shady characters. I'll run around in A Street. I'll hang out in Santa Rita. I'll go to San Quentin. I'll go to any place. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. But only as high as you can go is as low as you can go. Uh, It is only the high and lofty who can actually reach down deep to those that are in need. Remember, he can go from the farthest point of the universe to the hurt in your heart in no seconds flat. Remember that? I have a sermon called No Seconds Flat. God can be hanging out at the farthest point in the universe. And that's real. Don't even think about it. You'll never figure it out. But he can go from there to the other end or to your heart that's hurting in no seconds flat. Because it's deep. The love of God is not only high, but it's deep. It only stands to reason that the same long arm that can reach high and upward is the same arm that can reach down, down, inwardly into the lowest sinner's life. Uh, see, low love cannot do that. If you have stained love, messed up love, it can't do that. Can't do too much of that. Low, shallow love has no depth. It's too shallow. It's not deep enough. Remember the Pharisees and their love? We covered, we covered the Pharisees the other, last Sunday about the Pharisees. Pharisaic love, it cannot reach down that deep because it's not that high and it's not that lofty of a love. The Pharisees. Remember the priest walking, on the, walking down the... Jericho Road and saw the man beaten by thieves. He went around the other side because his love couldn't reach him. Then the Pharisee came by and he went around the other side. But the good Samaritan, see, that, they had low love. He, this guy had high love, deep love, because he had that love that was able to reach down and touch that person's life. And that's why when you're driving by and you see people, you got to stop you gotta, because you have that high love. If the love, genuine love of God dwells inside of you, you got to go to Manila. You got to go to Jakarta. You got to go to India. You got to go to Hayward, wherever that is. You got to go where the need is. Because that's where the love of God hangs out. Uh, See, that high love is not afraid to reach down deep. Like the Good Samaritan. Okay? Because it it knows it can't get stained. It knows it can't get tainted because it's already pure. When Jesus came to earth, down, leaving his throne in glory, down to a sin-sick earth, by leaving his lofty throne in heaven... And when he stooped to help the needy, the Pharisees, the Bible says, accused him of hanging out and eating with lowly publicans and sinners. That's what they were accused of. Christ left his high throne in glory and came down. And the Pharisees said, hey, he hangs out, the Bible says, with lowly publicans and sinners. They accused him of doing that. They're the ones that had the low love. They wouldn't hang out with low publicans and sinners. And one of the, you know, the variable, one of the things that, 
the society tries to stay in a ministry like ours is, oh, they deal with drug addicts. You know what, man? What a country. What we're going to be doing in a few weeks, in a few months, we're going to be telling the county board of supervisors that America needs heart. We're going to be telling them that we're representing God, the Bible, and Christianity, and America in reaching down where they don't want to go because the love of God compels us, constrains us. They're wasting more money on one smart bomb than all the money that we put together here. And look what we're doing anyways. I don't even know why they call it a smart bomb. There's no smart bombs. They're all dumb bombs. Stupid bombs. I'm getting mad. Stupid bombs. What do they call smart bombs? Just because they can kill better? Got you. Man. No. That's not love. Uh, oh, where was I? All right. I was getting real deep. Ay, ay, ay. Are you with me? See, sometimes your adversaries are your best advertisement. Now, what do they call them? Adversaries. Oh, you got it. Good. They're good ads. The county board of supervisors. They're ads. They're adversaries. They're ads. They're advertising. Hey, yeah, Victor Average hangs out with lowly publicans and sinners. Because that's where Jesus would be at. Man, they spend more money on, on animals. Save the whales. Maybe we should get a whale home. <laughs> then human beings. Ay, ay, ay. Human beings and rice in Jesus Christ. See, God's love goes deep. It travels to the innermost of places. Are you with me? Nothing can hold back the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Better than the ever-ready batteries. Everlasting. Wham! Deep. They can go deep and it'll still last. God's love goes even deeper than death. Ooh, la, la, so soon. I could preach a sermon on that one. It goes deeper than death. There's no grave that can keep from the everlasting arms of God. God's love can go even deeper than the grave and lift up. It's deeper than death, deeper than the grave. There's no grave deep enough that God's love cannot find it. And God's love can go deeper than any sin or guilt you might be experiencing and dealing with here today. If you have guilt in your life, you have sin in your life, God's love can reach down there and touch you and get rid of it. Wham! Throw in the deep seas, never to be remembered again. Uh, some of you are dealing with some sin issues here today. God can go in and get it. The height of the love of God is as big as the deep of the love of God. See, until recently, man was unable to travel into the depths of the ocean and find and capture cargo and treasure that it could redeem. Uh, such as the Titanic. But we've gone there already. But until recently, man couldn't do that. But that has never been the case with the love of God. It's never been a biggie for God's love. God's love has always, always been able to travel to the depths of any person's sin and redeem it. Go down there and find hidden treasures out of darkness. Go down and grab you when you were hanging out in the streets. Go down and grab you when you were destitute and, 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 and losing your family. Go down and grab you and touch you and redeem you and bring you back because you were the buried treasure. Man, 
if I just start with Linda and Dominic's family, that way I would have done my job. When we first came, the love of God touched you guys and you know it. They, they were only married a year, month and a half. You said it was going to a year and a half. That was too long. They were only married a month and a half and they were ready to... You take Dominic, I'll take Elijah. They didn't even think about them yet. Uh, but the love of God reached out and touched them and brought them and kept them together. Redeemed that, that family. Uh, then the breadth, and I'm going to get close to closing now. Then the breadth or the width of God's love. We've covered the height. We've covered the depth. Now the breadth. The width. Again, the width of God's love is once again determined by its height. See, low love makes for confinement. For crampiness. Uh, that's what low love does. Remember that? I've already used the illustration of, of low love. One of those little things that doesn't do too much for you. You know what, you know what I would analogize this as? Vario love. Uh, hey, Holmes, where are you from? Santa Paula. And I had love for my friends. I still love them. You, you, some of you got into Santa Paula with me. You see the love that I have for them. And they love me. But that's low love still. Because it only, it has confinement. I can only love people from Santa Paula. If you're from Oxnard. I'm from the Koto. A straight F. Uh, see, it's crampy love. It only, it, it, only, it, it, it only picks certain people to love. Uh, for God so loved who? The world. Wide love. Uh, uh, see, high lofty love allows for a liberal love, for an expansive love. Quite a word. Expan- not expensive, expansive. Uh, Bible says, thou hast allowed me to put my foot in a large room. Large. That's why we can go to Manila and love people. We can go to India and love people. An expansive love. Uh, see, the love of God cannot be put into little boxes. It cannot be stereotyped. Remember, I've, I've talked to you before how when there was a wind and the waves and were happening and the, the people were on the boat, the disciples were on the boat and Jesus was asleep in the back. Remember that? And they thought they were going to die because of the storm. They got up and they woke Jesus up. And what did Jesus do? He got up and he didn't talk to the disciples. Remember that? He threw them for a shinola. And he walks to the front of the boat. They're all... He didn't even look at them. Cool. Like Dickie Cruz says, my Jesus, cool. He cool. And he walks to the front of the boat and he talks to the winds and the waves. And he tells them, shh, I want to go back to bed. That's what he did. He says, peace, be still. Be cool. And so they, they were And then all of a sudden it was calm, the Bible says. And the disciples, what did they say? They say, what manner of a man is this? That even the winds and the waves obey the dude. Hijo tafel, oh, the guy. He's a bad motor scooter here. Whoo. See, you can't stereotype the love of God. You can't put it in a little box. It's too expansive. You'll never figure it out. It's past understanding. But it's big. Deep and wide. Deep and wide. There's a fountain flowing deep and wide. It's wide. It's vast. Uh, that's the reason why Philippians 4.22 says, and I wrote it here in the magazine, it tells us that God can raise up Christians where? Anywhere. Because the love of God is wide enough to reach Anyone, anywhere. Then lastly, we're going to cover, and with this I close, the length of the love of God. The height, the depth, the width. Then lastly, the length. And suffice it to say that there is no end to the love of God. 
Okay, if you're taking notes, write that up. There's no end to the, to the sermon. Just kidding. Uh, and in four minutes, we're done. Watch, we're done in four minutes. Okay, but the love of God has no end. It's everlasting, everlasting. It goes on and on like some of our Sunday morning sermons. We can lean on the everlasting arms of God. World without end. It's an endless love. God will always go to any great length to express his love for you, for I, and for us. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friend. God's love is as long as the longest road. God's love is as long as the longest day, as the longest night. You ever had one of those nights? When you're tossing, turning, you're, you know, you're going through it. God's love is long enough to, to last. That's what we're able to say. Weeping may endure for a night. You might be going through troubles and trials and tribulations and think there's no end to you. You may as well end your life. Many of you have been there. But joy comes in the morning. Yeah. You can't outlast your trouble, your trial, your tribulation can't be as long as the love of God. That was a long trial. But joy came in the morning. Love endures all things. It endures, First Corinthians says. Even your troubles and your trials, because it's a long love. Love never fails. You know what that means? It doesn't mean that it never makes mistakes. Love never, it means that it never stops. It never fails. It keeps going and going and going. It's never ending. Everlasting. Love never fails. Uh, it means that it doesn't end. It doesn't stop. It keeps on giving and giving and giving. It keeps on forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. It never fails. It never fails being. It never fails doing. It never fails existing because God is love. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head is bowed and every eye closed. Spirit of God, moving in ministry.